0: Some said it was make or break in the end. It didn't work out that way, but Albion's clash with Millwall turned out to be a missed opportunity. We'll be discussing the playoff race, the latest off-field loan saga and your burning questions on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello, Albion fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast as we enter the final stretch, the business end of the season, squeaky bum time, as some may call it. My name's Johnny Drury, and as always, I'm joined by Albion correspondent for the Express and Star, Lewis Cox, on this fine Monday afternoon. Lewis, it could have been a little bit more fine if we'd have got three points on Saturday. How are you, my friend?
1: Pretty good, mate. Thanks. Good to see you. The sun is shining, isn't it? Which it you, is, I know this is this is an audio service, isn't it? But the, <laughs> the glaring reflection behind me, out, out of uh, my spare bedroom window. <laughs> um, yeah, would have been would have been a much brighter Monday, wouldn't it? With three points to discuss post Millwall, but stalemate it was. Um, I think in terms of the overall picture in the league table and the top six, which we'll get into, almost as you were. Not much changed in terms of the deficit and stuff. Yeah. So. Um, you at the nail on the head, Johnny. With two words, missed opportunity. But um, you know, sailor V, and what is it? Eight games left, beginning with a nice Easter bank holiday double header. We're heading into you know spring, a spring sprung, I think so. The sun's the sun's out doing its thing, isn't it? So that's that's what we all like to see.
0: Indeed, it's going to be a busy bank holiday weekend. So we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that in depth later in the show. Of course, we said we'll go through. The Millwall game, um, and we'll look at the, the latest off-field issues. The club accounts um, at the moment were due to be released on the 31st of March, so they're overdue. But we did have a statement regarding the wisdom, smart Gouch and loan, and the saga continues to go on. So we'll look at that, but we're going to start with Millwall, and we're going to start with the return of Alternative Albion. Now, I guess, well, it's an easy guess what we're going to come up with this week, um, given my VAR rant post-Millwall. Uh, um, Carlos Corbrand talked about it at length In his post-match press conference Which we'll hear from uh, in a second But Jeremy Simpson, the referee His performance at uh, the Hawthorns on Saturday Has been very much in the spotlight As far as Albion fans are concerned uh, The non-penalty Penalty decision um, On Daryl DK, Well, two on Daryl Um The first one being the, the, the offside That wasn't really an offside And the second one being well, I didn't see it, but apparently it was a sort of blatant foul push on Daryl DK. Uh, we've got a little audio clip for you here now. Here's what Carlos Corbran had
2: to say about it, and he wasn't wasn't particularly happy. I was watching this action, in another action that unfortunately the referee didn't make the right decision. He was running two actions, but maybe he was running another one that maybe were beneficial for us. So I don't know because being a referee in this type of games is very very complicated. Sanders with the VAR, they have problems to, to make their right decisions, but it's true that if you analyze the action of Oka and Dike, the only thing that cannot be is offside, because the pass is from the defender. So if you understand that the tackle is no fall, then the defender made the assist to Dike, so it's not offside when the defender is who passed the ball. If you after you can understand that Dike was winning the position and was a penalty, or if it's not penalty, it's corner. The three possibilities are foul to okay penalty or corner the only the only possibility that doesn't exist is the the offside because the defender made the pass but for me the worst decision was the 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 foul that dick received when asante has the ball in the in the inside to the box in the left side he was ready to make a cross to dick but ricket received dicker received a foul that was right at the end of the game yeah. yeah 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 one foul out to the box that was no penalty, but Dike couldn't be like, Asante couldn't cross the goal because Dike was the player to receive, and Dike received a kick that when you see the image, you will see. But unfortunately, the fourth, the ref and any ref was watching this. That's why I tell you that the VAR to these situations help a lot because it's a free kick. I don't know if the free kick can be goal or can be safe, or maybe it's a safe and the counter-attack is goal that you concede. But it was a free kick. Now, Lewis, I've calmed down a bit from
0: from Saturday. My headache's gone. You know that <laughs> headache that was brought on by Jeremy Simpson's abysmal yeah, a, a, display. a, a rage headache. Ones. You actually,
1: um, he, yeah. Jeremy Simpson was so bad he actually forced a headache. Yeah, he
0: yeah. Although I won't. Uh, yeah, it might be a fact. It might be something else, but yeah, I'm going to put it down <laughs> to, to that. But but Carlos Corbrad said there it was the penalty where DK's gone over, taken out by George Long, the goalkeeper. He's called it an impossible decision. And when he breaks it down and talks about it, he's right. He says it's either a foul on you, Kuschley, which it wasn't, because the defender got the ball, um, or it's either a corner if the goalkeeper's got a hand on the ball. The only decision that it shouldn't be is offside, and that's the one that's been given. It's still, I keep watching it, and I keep, I, I I'm more baffled every time I watch it that nothing's been yeah. given.
1: Yeah, if I'm gonna give some or therapy for, for you, mate, I'd say stop watching it. That's, yeah, I need that's, it. I need we, we've it, all yeah. seen it too many times. Let's draw a line <laughs> if we can. It might help, but um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think live, look, we're down the other end, aren't we? That um, To that goal down, down the Brummie, end, Brummie road, sorry. But um, it looked uh, a bit clumsy coming together. Then the first replay I had on the monitors we, we have in the in the press box, um, straight away it was very, very clear penalty. Um, DK gets to the ball first. I saw some Millwall fans saying the keeper touches the ball. I'm, I'd have to sit again, but I'm not overly convinced. I watched it
0: this morning again, and I will stop now because you give me some very sound <laughs> advice there, Lewis, to stop me from getting angry about it. But the goalkeeper got the slightest touch on the balls, but it was after DK touched the ball, after DK and he's completely first... white, DK out as well. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. that doesn't sort of that doesn't wash.
1: Well, it's, and, and you know the, the other thing, just, you know, rounding this off quickly because we don't want to spend all day ranting about it because I'm I'm not in the mood to. But you know, um, I d- I don't know if. DK was offside in terms of the line. You know the assistant saw that and flagged. The assistant who flagged for the offside isn't going to see that the the Millwall player made the tackle to send the ball through. It's miles away from him. However, Simpson, you know,
0: it was pretty he, close.
1: So you know, it's quite clear, Johnny. Actually, quite clear that you no, know, it wasn't a foul in terms of the Millwall player won the ball. It might where be, the, it's,
0: it's where won. the ball's gone and where Yukushlu's moved to and gone over. It doesn't it doesn't look like Yukushlu's played a, a pass. And he's not, not going to fall and, to the uh, ground if he's played a through ball.
1: The ref's not given a, a foul. He's, he's not signalled an advantage. So he doesn't think there's there's any foul involved. So, thus, you know, he thinks it's a fair challenge in the Millwall player. I can't remember which Millwall man it was off the top of my head. Perhaps George Savile. Yeah, George uh, Savile. M- must have won the ball. Um, And then clearly it it's came off him. It was, I think everyone could tell straight away after one replay, which admittedly the officials don't get without VAR. Everybody could tell that it was... Sort of incorrect. Certainly, all of us in the press box, even those I think not of a West Brom leaning persuasion, should we say? Um, yeah. And that's that's a it's a it's a hard one to take, isn't it? Because we can see it's a this it a factually incorrect call. It's the reason the penalty's not been, although we haven't had this clarified. The reason a penalty hasn't been given is because offside was given. But um, whether well, Simpson would have called a foul from the keeper, who knows? Let's be honest. But um, but it wasn't offside, so it's a hard one to take you know 86 minute in the game you know penalty almost certainly a goal and a, yeah, we, we know how huge the game was so you know it could have transformed the end of Arben's season or the season as a whole however you know I'm not I'm not going to use it as a you know Arben were unlucky not to win the game because of that you know there, there were other um, I don't go as far as to say faults or, or issues problems with the performance but did you know that side did Arben do enough to win the game not not 100%, you know, I think both gaffers said it was the right outcome. Um, Corbran, as, as uh, listeners heard then post-match, you know, referenced it, of course, and gave his, you know, honest, valued opinion on it, but didn't go ranting or raving about it. Didn't say, you know, oh, it cost us, it was dreadful. It actually went as far as to say a really difficult job for the referee. And we've probably had some calls that we've got lucky with and Millwall would be frustrated with or other opponents. So, Um, I I do think just on Simpson for me finally and I know he enraged you Johnny um, (laughs) because I had the pleasure of sitting next to you in the press box I know but for I think after half time he in my opinion lost control of the game really Um, what four or five cautions I think in the space of 15 minutes and some were I'm not I'm not going to be biased here absolutely not that I think the the Millwall defender I think it was right back uh, McNamara I got, a, got a, absolutely a stonewall yellow card for a bad foul on Thomas Asante on the on, you know, opposite corner to, to us, Johnny. Uh, but some yellows were just, you know, the Thomas Asante one and and, and and the DK one as well. I mean, he's reacted, hasn't he? He's just, you know, you know sort of reacted with frustration. It, I don't think he's charged aggressively towards the ref or anything like that, but but yellows and, well, I'm not, you know, again, you know, Millwall have a certain way they go about things, certain style, you know quite bitty at times to force set pieces dead balls to win second balls it works for them and uh, I thought they were pretty good at times the other day in terms of you know how they played and that so I'm not going to have a Millwall for it and uh, I just think the ref lost control and it, it went very quickly sort of all about the officials didn't it and the game didn't need that I don't think it helped the game certainly from an Albin perspective so yeah I can understand totally the, the frustration all around the officials however I wouldn't say Albin didn't win because of you know because of
0: Mr Simpson. It's a fair assessment. Yeah, he is um, one of referees have got tough jobs, but I don't don't think he covered himself in glory. And someone as someone pointed out on social media, um, just Google Jamie Simpson's name and look at a few of the managers that he's enraged this year. One uh, one cool, calm and collected Tony Mowbray is one person that he enraged. So I think you've got to do a lot to to get under wow. uh, get under Tony Mowbray's skin. But we'll another leave
1: that. One, another quick one for you, Johnny. Do you, do we want VAR in the championship? Uh, you know, I suppose as fans of the game and fans of Albion. As the listeners, you know, ah, I think the answer would be no, wouldn't it? Because I don't know, because VAR has been largely utilised, you know, disastrously since it's come in, hasn't it? Yeah, so... it's
0: one, it's one of them. It it, it boils down to, a, it goes off on a tangent with that debate. If it's used properly, like it seems to be used abroad um, or used mm. in major tournaments, then yeah, absolutely, we'd love to see it in the championship. But given the fact that in this country we don't seem to use it properly, then it's uh, that's a debate for a uh, Potentially um
1: a debate for a quiet you know, day in the summer, eh,
0: yes, certainly, certainly indeed. Depending on what league I'll be in next season, we'll pencil yep, that one yeah, in for, yeah. for the quiet weeks of the summer. But just on Millwall, um I, I called it a missed opportunity at the top of the at the top of the episode. Um Lewis, you've alluded to it as well. I just want to talk about another topic. Um Carlos Corbrand called for for calm in the race for the championship playoffs, in particular on the back of the performance against Millwall. Uh, this is uh, Some fans might have seen it, Lewis wrote an article on it that's in the Express and Star today uh, and on the Expressandstar.com, but this is what Carlos Corbran had to say um, specifically about it in his post-match press conference on Saturday.
2: That's why I tell you that I am very pleased with the attitude of the team, I like the, the answer. I was watching the players with a lot of maturity in the football pitch and with the necessary competitive commitment that this game was demanding. And I'm watching the players going for the result from the first moment. Sometimes too excited to achieve without finding the necessary can to dominate better the game. But I prefer to have one excess of desire than to have to don't arrive to the necessary level to can be a competitive team. Because in, this, in these games are complicated. If you don't activate you enough, you are going to lose in set piece, in one second ball. If you activate too much, you are not going to manage enough or control the ball enough and you don't move to your side. And the limit is, is
1: very close. So it's almost like um, taking a breath with the ball and that composure to, to
2: yes, do the right thing. Yes, exactly. And in some points, we precipitated the last pass. We precipitated the pass to the running player or the switch of play. We precipitated a little bit, some actions that didn't allow us to put the game more minutes in our side or in the context, in the context that, for me, we were more able to manipulate. Lewis, he's talked there about
0: being calm on the ball, Albion were maybe getting a bit too excited, trying to rush things. I just wanted to talk on this because it's quite interesting. You know, Albion, we've seen it in when they're trying to break teams down. They're sort of maybe a little bit slow on the ball and slow, maybe moving the ball around, trying to find that perfect right pass, which at times frustrates supporters. So some fans might might look at that audio and think, or listen to that audio and look at what you've written and think. That uh, doesn't sort of tally up because you you we hear fans certainly around us at the Hawthorns who get annoyed when Albion aren't sort of playing a bit more direct and, and and trying to play through the through the thirds as as people like to call it. Um, so it's quite interesting, really. Carlos thought his side were almost rushing, too excited to try and get their noses in front on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I thought that, and that you know that's that's why I you know carried the quotes really. I thought it was an interesting assessment. I don't when it comes to um yeah I I suppose I don't. Fully agree or disagree entirely. Really, I, I understand what the head coach is saying. He, he's, he's specifically talking about composure and um, a calmness on the ball to make right decisions and to look after the ball technically and keep it moving and, and the overall game plan. Um, so I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's talking about tempo, um, which is is a different thing, isn't it? Really, when you know composure is when you're just erratic with how you're using the ball, you're, you're knocking it. I remember times when play was tried to be switched, wasn't it? Or simple passes in front of teammates were, were going out of play. Um, I don't think he's talking about tempo, which, you know, was slow at times. I think we can we can say that, can't we? I think we can agree on that. I think most people would have seen that. Um, however, I'm, I'm not really ready to... I, I understand complaints of some, like... We're in. We're in the run. In eight games to go, nine on Saturday, obviously, and um, and it was billed as a sort of a must-win game. You know, Albion at home got to score the goals. So, look, we need a quick tempo to get at get at our position to to score the goals needed. So I I, I understand that, um, but you know I'm not I'm not about to sort of uh, you know I, I don't think that the tempo is and has been an issue un, under the head coach. So I, I think you have to. I think you do have to take a step back and look at, you know, the results and where corben has been able to get Albion to and even to get them in to this position, into this conversation. So I don't think we can all of a sudden... I understand that the previous Hawthorne's games against, you know, poor sides like Wigan and Huddersfield with respect to them were not the most convincing at times, were they? And a bit sort of slow at times and, you know, just the 1-0 wins. But I don't think we can suddenly flip it and be like, oh, you know, this is too slow um this is too ponderous i think we've spoken a million times and i know i've written plenty johnny um about it it's not a free score inside with high goal numbers is it Or um uh, you know bucket loads of chances each games they they albin have won games narrowly one nils two nils two ones at, at most and um it's not always going to go is it it's not like that it's not always going to be your way you can keep keeping the clean sheets but they're not jam packed full of goals, are they? We've, we've spoken about that. And but back back to the point about you know Carlos's quotes. I think it's just how you're using the ball. You've got to keep and look after the ball better. You simply you know keep turning it over. It it, it works to Millwall's way, doesn't it? They'll win a throw in a cheap free kick and work from the second ball, and it worked for them. Albion needed to be much calmer about what they were doing, not get sort of ruffled. I I don't think he's saying. Slow the tempo down even more because we were too excitable physically. um Because at times I thought I Albion mean, need to have speed it up physically, but you know I, I don't think we can suddenly start saying, uh, you know, we're not going to make the top six because Albion are playing too slowly. I, I don't really agree
0: with that. I don't think my dog agrees either. He's just trying to lie on my laptop, lead and uh, and pull the laptop and stop the recording. I don't think he agrees <laughs> that the tempo is too slow either. I think one of my points of view as well is. You know, Albion fans got a bit frustrated against Wigan and Huddersfield. For me, there were two games that Albion just had to win and they did. They could have maybe tried to win them more convincingly, tried to maybe be a little bit more, you know, what's the word, up the tempo or whatever way you want to One describe go, it. There's go an go I, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. But I think that was a point where Albion needed a, ne- just needed to get make sure they got six points from those two games. I think what fans, you know, I've seen some sort of negativity about Saturday's performance. Um only from some quarters but what i would say is you have to take into account the opposition as well albion went into this game ninth i think ninth eighth or ninth in the table um 10th right. i think press press was it, it just was it 10th yeah. ninth at the moment um all right albion's you know squad on paper is one of the strongest in the league when you when you don't look at the the the, the league table but millwall are sick we're sick they're fifth now. they they're fifth for a reason you know they're not one of the most attractive sides in the division uh, by a stretch, effective. But, but they're effective, and he, people who think West Brom are just going to go into these games and roll Millwall over, given the fact that West Brom, all right, at home, have got a good run, collectively the form isn't like unbelievable, you know. obviously away from home as well, and I think people, it's just got to be a little bit more realism, almost, yes, we're disappointed, and yes, Albion could have gone for it a little bit more, but Millwall could have equally have won that game, they had the best chances, Tom Bradshaw had the header, which was controversial in itself because Eric Peters was down with a head injury. Um, but there, And there was a couple of other chances that Millwall had. But I think you have to take in the opposition. Albion aren't going to roll over the likes of Millwall. You know, If Albion are going to get a 0-0 draw, for example, at Sheffield United or Norwich or so, someone like that, West Brom aren't going to roll them teams over. There's not many teams that you can roll over in this division. Certainly, of the, of the fixtures that Albion have have got left because of the teams that you know the teams they've got to play They like even the likes of Blackpool Rotherham they've got something to play for Wigan and Huddersfield had something to play for you know if it was a mid-table Swansea for example Albion might have a little bit more or or have had a little bit more joy you know a side who who haven't got an awful lot to play for but the teams that Albion have played when they've become frustrated in recent weeks are the teams that have, have got something to play but on the flip side of it they were so dominant in the first half against Hull they had a lot of chances throughout the game because the game is a little bit more open. And it was sort of two lapses, that, or, or a good goal, the first one, and the second one, I think, was a mistake that led to two goals. Completely different game. But these games, certainly against the ones at the top and against these teams at the bottom, are going to be tough for Albion to break down. Yes, they could probably do more. But in terms of Millwall, you've got to take into account the opposition. And it's not, yeah, you know, no. we, all, we all love Carlos Corbran. And, and yes, he's not immune to criticism. And there are things that he's done wrong in charge of West Brom. But that's one thing that no one really takes into account is the opposition and Millwall are no pushovers and they're for, for a reason.
1: Just quickly, uh, Johnny. Uh, obviously, Stoke uh, are opposition that spring to mind, sort of in the middle of the pack, aren't they? Where Albion go too soon, so perhaps we can, you know, we can see how that goes against a, a team in the middle of the road with with sort of little on, on the line. I know they've been good recently, haven't they? Stoke got a really good win over the weekend, of course. Um, and another very quick point before we sort of move on. You made point sort of on the back of mind there about going for the jugular and. You know, fans want want to see that more. I, I suppose an ideal example, recent example, is um, the Cardiff away game, isn't it? Just before the break,
0: yeah.
1: And and how Albin paid for it. You know, got a good early goal, obviously in trying to you know turn around that away narrative of of really struggling away. Got a good early goal, and then what from from halftime onwards, certainly from that DK substitution onwards, which was sort of just before the hour. Albin struggled and were deep and did invite. Cardiff, Cardiff came on um, onto them Corbin said to me afterwards you know it wasn't part of the plan it, it happened he uh, wasn't sure why it happened but that's how it played out and and that's an example isn't it of, of Albion fans not seeing their side you know push on for, for more than 1-0 because as I touched on a little bit ago it's, it's you can't you're not going to keep 1-0 in all the way are you? you you know I know some teams have historically and I know Albion squads have historically but it's it's rare, isn't it? You, you know, you, it's it's all well and good having a, a tight back line and the clean sheet record has been incredible of late, certain, obviously at home. But you know, it's putting a lot of reliance on getting that one goal, isn't it? Um, when you when you don't score many and uh, yeah, some games are gonna get away. And it's just a shame it was it was this one where Albion really needed the win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment. Just finally, all the teams above Albion, as we said, have lost. So it's a missed opportunity. But I suppose that's the one thing, that's the one positive to take out of it is the fact that the only thing that's changes is there's one less game, which is a blow in itself because there's you know that's you know two points that Albion aren't going to be able to get. But in terms of the the table, we're still five behind, and that the importance is staying almost within touching distance until that game in hand because that's going to be massive now. Sheffield the Sheffield United game in hand. If Albion can stay in touch, you know, within maybe four points, three or four points, that's going to be huge.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's um. A couple of things about Sheffield United game. It, one, it's a, it's a bit of a shame from Albion's sort of hopes point of view. It's so late in the season, I think. Um, it's just before the final home game of the season, isn't it? Which is the Norwich game, I believe. Just checking the fixtures. Yeah, um, the midweek, the Wednesday night, just before Norwich at the Hawthorns on the Saturday. Um, so, yeah, all well and good having this game to, to catch up on rivals. <laughs> Admittedly, against an automatic you know automatic promotion chase inside, who are clearly a top outfit but it's just late in the day isn't it it's late in the season which means Albin have got to have it within them to, to stay in touch until then they've got to keep on the coattails they've got to win the games take the points that will need that will put them within three points of where they need to be you know they've got to bridge that gap further on the likes of Millwall Norwich of course you know that what what a big night it will be at Bramall Lane and then the real test, that is the night, isn't it, Frabin? That is the game in hand. And if they can succeed and achieve that, just imagine the Hawthorns against Norwich on the Saturday, you know, just a, a couple of days later, it, it will be electric, won't it? And this is all best case, but this is all we've got to sort of, I suppose, from a football perspective, pin our hopes on, isn't it? This this game in hand, it's it's massive, but there's a lot of work to be, to be got through and done before then. Away games, I'll mention Stoke Blackpool just after that. You know, they're both after this double header we've got coming up Friday, Easter uh, Good Friday, Easter Monday, sorry. So um, a lot can change, a lot can change and Albion and need to need to just, perhaps as Corbrand says, just settle down and just realise there are, as, as um, I'm about to put some, some more comments online actually, in, in which he's just you know, saying we've got 24 points left to, to play for. Yeah, it's a lot of points, isn't it, Johnny? It's a lot of points. Albion have to take most of them, admittedly, um, but not all of the opposition are as are as high or as effective this season as Millwall. So I you know, I still think there's a chance there. Albeit you know the squad is is wounded, isn't it? As as we haven't yet touched on, but uh, such was the damaging news last week with the injuries, which I think could could be a real a real sort of blow in terms of the
0: playoffs. Yeah, there are sick and we will touch on them before we we wrap up today. We're going to move to off-field matters, which I seem to say every single podcast, and it's just. Yeah, it just feels like it's it's never going to come to an end. The latest last week was uh, Albion were due to publish the the accounts um, for the year up to uh, June 30th of June 2022. Um, as we record this podcast, now know those accounts have not been submitted. If you go on Companies House, search West Bromwich Albion Football Club, um, it will say that the accounts are overdue. But what we do know um, is a few figures that the club put out regarding profit, um, decrease in turnover, which we all expected, given Albion went down from the Premier League, to The championship, um, but the main thing that Albion fans wanted to hear about was the, the five million pound loan, or just to, to clap it, 4.95 million pound plus 50,000 pound interest. It was taken out by Gauch and Lai, which is he has failed to re- repay on three occasions. Um, I'm just going to read um, this, the wording in Albion's statement from this. I'm sure many of you, Albion fans, if not all of you, have, have seen this um, so far. An outstanding loan of 4.95 million owed. During the accounting period by Wisdom Smart Corporation Limited has been impaired in the accounts of group level by auditors and West Holding Holdings Limited, a wholly owned subsidiary of Yunyai Yaukai Sports Development Limited, um, has since committed to guarantee repayment of the loan and accrued interest. The ultimate controlling shareholder and chairman as of gauss repeats repeated assurance to the club that the loan and accrued interest will be paid, or sorry, will be repaid. Uh, now, we might as well ignore that last statement at the moment because it's probably not worth what it's written on given what we've heard previously. We hope he's, he's going to come true, but the more this gets said, the less Albion fans believe it. Lewis, that the wording of that will obviously confuse a lot of fans. It's confused me as well. You know, you wrote about it last week. In in layman's terms, what does that really mean for for the sort of uneducated Albion fan like myself and, and others out there? What what does that actually mean? All we really know is it's still owed.
1: Well, um, yeah, and in terms of, of um, in terms of obviously the guarantee as a, as a guarantor. Um, the, the bottom line is, should wisdom, you know, lies wisdom smart uh, continue to not repay then onus and emphasis and and debt is with um you want what was your uh, your pronunciation through me then johnny you want you gukai i i will go with without having it written
0: in yeah apologies
1: shanghai shanghai biz uh sport development firm um which lie is also a controlling shareholder of um that that was actually the company um that's having having a look back Actually, when this news was last week, and obviously I wasn't um, wasn't covering Albion at the time in 2016 when when Lloyd took over, but that was the company, wasn't it? Um, Yuan Yigikai, uh Shanghai, that was that was almost you know that was named you know Gu, uh, Gu Chan Lai and yeah. Yuan Yigekai, you know that that was the company that he that he was a uh, sort of spearheading um, in 2016. So that was a certainly a firm back then, what seven years ago that. Albion fans would have been familiar with and you know, reminded of when they saw that news, probably last week. And and as as was stated, they they're now the guarantors to to foot that to to repay that loan as and when. Now you know, in terms of what I said a minute ago there about should Wisdom Smart remain unable to to repay that loan, we we don't know. You know, and the phrase "how long's a piece of spr- string" uh, springs to mind, Johnny. We we don't know how long we don't know timescales on this, so we don't know.
0: At it's what quite point. interesting that in this statement, you know, we don't know if we'll hear when we'll hear from Lie, but the fact that this has happened now that sort of blows away the early in the new year statement that he made late in 2022. Yeah. It almost gives him a little not get out of jail free, but no one knows, there's no deadline now to to breach. Um, no. unless Lie comes out and says I'm going to pay it by this date so it's almost give him a little bit more rope if you get me it, it's yeah, and, and, not letting him it, off the hook but he's he's got a bit more breathing space year. which is a bit unfair to, to the fans and the club really
1: Yeah I mean early in the new year the phrase was vague wasn't it Johnny but I suppose it gave us a couple of months where we, we knew where that was but as I was saying is the time frame and time scales on this how long Wisdom Smart have left we, we don't know ultimately and you know, it has been asked, but but we don't know at what point then onus is with you on you to as that guarantor to repay. We 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 don't know. I, I suppose only the I suppose only the true powers that be. I'm you know I'm talking about Lai and yeah, you know, perhaps Yuki and and other people in you know maybe within Lai's circle over in the the Far East are, are aware of that. Really, um, I don't know that. Taking myself from out of it and looking at it from the outside, and, and the statements, you, you know, it from you know, with a supporter's head on, as, as fans would have read it, and are listening to this now, and as a sort of re- we've reported, Johnny, it it it's provided no further sort of confidence, assurance, comfort, has it about this repayment? Um, absolute, absolutely zero. I mean, you know, uh, perhaps you know credit to the club really in a way for addressing within their statement that you know, lies still provides his assurances that he's he's gonna pay. I but you know, they they could have ignored that, you know You say they, he's I'm it's sure providing no more assurances. That. Yeah. And, and people that write you know the club that write that statement and publish that, you know, you know, might be aware that, well, you know, going might look a bit daft again here if if the repayment doesn't happen, it looks like we're you know, we're being lied to or we don't, you know, we don't know about this. You know, um, but they they addressed it, I suppose, but you know it's it's what what is this word and assurance? What, what you know, what does it mean? What weight does it carry? Well, very a lot you know, at next, the moment, next, very little does it. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: you're right, what you're yeah. saying there. though. we've got a question on this. We've got a question about Rongole later on in the show. I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up in this section, but we've had a very good question come in from a fan. It's one of them fans want to want to know the. We all want to know the answer, but the answer can only come from Gouch and Light and and people at the football club are not going to turn around and go, "Ah, that's not going to be paid. Most Albion fans have come to the point now where they think, accepted that this money's not going to come back. We don't know whether it will or not, but it's highly likely that it won't, given what's happened previously. But employees of the football club, i.e. Ron Gourlay or anyone else in the higher echelons of West Bromwich Albion, aren't going to come out and go, "Ah, it's not going to be repaid. One, that's not what they're being told. And two, that's not what they're going to say. Even if... Some you know, and this is just a hypothetical. Even if some probably think, I'm sure there's some people within the football club who probably think, you know, what's going on? When's this yeah, money well, going to be? This is their
1: paid? employer, isn't it, Johnny? These are the people that you know pay pay the you know, exactly club club staff's bills. So you know, we un- we understand that. Um, and and you know, th- there's a further, yeah, you know, much deeper debate and dive here, isn't there? Into into the actual finances out there and available. You know, of, first of all, wisdom, smart, and I know we touched on in in a piece last week johnny talking about um with the minor shareholders about how was it is it 24 million pounds worth from from wisdom smart was um was removed from from the company's books because it was a, an excess you know not not required for the business so you know albion fans are looking at that saying you know 20 20 odd million quid um obviously i'm not sure if sitting in their accounts but certainly to that company's name um you know not not required so why do they still, you know, why did they still have hold of the five million that they couldn't return to Albion? You know, uh, such a measly part of that. So that's that one element of the wisdom, smart finance, but then, you know, this, um, you on as, as a guarantor, you know, you could go in, in the finances there, you know, what what, what footing are they on in their market? What, you know, what's there, um, what are their numbers like and, and stuff? Are, are they going to be a capable business of, you know of repaying. Um, it's quite the vortex, isn't it? Let's let's be honest. Um, however, the the bottom line is that this this assurance, as we've said, and this word from from lies is, is you know it's worth little, isn't it? Because because it, he keeps you know he's he's continuously gone gone back on it, unfortunately, Johnny, and um, continues to, and and nothing will change until he can deliver.
0: No, the, the answer can only come from him. Just just two. Two questions, um, just to finish off, Lewis. The accounts are overdue. Fans may have seen little snippets on social media. There has been little, um, what do you some want to call leaked, them, Le- it? leaks yeah. and, and and some parts of the accounts. You know, I know you've been sort of privy to some of that. Um, is there, do we know when these accounts are going to come out? Obviously, that I don't know what the legal standing is with overdue accounts. Last season, Albion's accounts were very overdue. I think they didn't come out for a good month or two um i think it was sort of summertime when all this came out this is when the yeah, first June the I first idea like... of of the first knowledge to Albion fans of the of the five or the 4.9 million sorry too many numbers 4.95 million pound loan is there any idea of when the full accounts are going to be published
1: well uh no um have i did ask and i don't you know that that's with companies house you know they, they have been submitted and you know submitted to companies house so that's with you know that that firm really that's with with them to to publish to make available publicly um we're speaking what 2 p.m uh monday afternoon and and no sign yet the deadline was 31st of march wasn't it johnny so that's yeah. that was last friday was it if you go
0: on if you go on companies house now and search for albin there's a big exclamation mark with accounts overdue in
1: yeah, so that was last Friday. Um, no, we, you know, we've had a weekend, Friday, Friday, Monday. It's the end of the first quarter, wasn't it? And obviously, we're heading up to a, a big bank holiday weekend. So, you know, myself, I you was know, working in the media, but certainly fans, and I'm sure the club as well, but certainly supporters, want to, you know, want these to be published so they can, you know, th- those are that way, um, you know, th- that way, Incline can have a look and try to digest some of the statements and figures and stuff like. Right? you know, i putting a statement out last, it was the Thursday, wasn't it? Last Thursday. Um, you know, good, good for them for getting that statement out there with, with figures on it, with, you know, the headline, you know, with the, the wisdom smart loan news and the, you know, the annual figures that you expect in terms of turnover and profit and, and things like that, you know, there's, there's things to read into it there, but no, we don't, you know, it's with companies house. We, we don't know when they're going to press hit on it. I don't quite know the the methods and how that, process actually goes on Johnny really I've not been privy to that before but you know we won't we we won't I would like to think I mean don't quote me if this goes wrong but have the the weeks and months wait that was endured last year because that I think it was June in the end wasn't it with the with the March 31st deadline and yeah correct me if I'm wrong Johnny but the statement as you mentioned about the loan and the accounts didn't didn't land until the summer did they so exactly. we've had the statement we had Gorley's assurance Ron Gorley's assurance that yeah, you know, be published on time, won't miss the deadline. So I'd like to think it's all just in the works. You know, weekends been going on, and and hopefully in a day or two, the coming days, they'll be they'll be there to 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 be seen. But you know, m- many Albion fans, certainly those who have access to sort of online forums and stuff, social media, will have will have seen some pages, some snippets. Um, some bits don't read well, do they? You know, we 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 sort of love to go into that too deeply at the moment, Johnny, until they're published and we can get full context of. Yeah, all the accounts, all the reports, and and what's said. Um, and I've written written some bits ahead of that, but it'd be good to see the whole thing. Um, as I say, some snippets don't make for comfortable reading at all. Um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to being able to, hopefully, get some more light shed on on those when when the full full paperwork is finally published.
0: Yeah, it's a little more than Albany fans deserve at the moment, given the, the worries that are around. Time for an advert. As always, the Baggies broadcast is brought to you in association with the Ketland Toaster Man, a place where you can go for all your household needs. They've got a host of items over there. They've got a little bit of a promotion running at the moment with deliveries. Um, so certain products um, have got a little bit off delivery, some percentage off delivery of items. So head over to the Ketland or head in store to Thorns Road on Briley Hill. Right, time for a quiz. I sat down with T.J. Smithy this morning. He put me through my paces on my Albion t- Albion knowledge from teams over the years. Here's uh, here's how I got on. The Baggies broadcast quiz is back with T.J. Smithy. How you doing, pal? What have you What have you got for me today? What tough tough teasers have you got for me to take on?
3: I've got a really good quiz uh, this week where you're going to have to guess the season with the players' nationalities. So I'm gonna say say uh, a player from goalkeeper to striker. I'll yeah. say a nationality in their position, and you got to try and guess the t- uh, the season.
0: This is tough. This is this is tough. So it's the nationality in the position, not obviously not the name of the person. Yeah, I'm not gonna be there saying random names. Yeah, right. This is this is tough. Baggy fans at home, you play along, see how you get on, and let us know. Um, right, let's go. Come on. I'm confident, quietly confident, but a bit nervous at the same time. Don't want to make an idiot out of myself.
3: Okay, so right. your first season, I'm going to go with a four-two-three-one. Right on this, so you have English, Swedish, Congo, and France.
0: Right. God, I, I, I thought of three of the players. I'm going to go for th- 12, 13.
3: No, not yet. I'll, I'll say another three players. So you've right. got a defensive player at England. Yeah. You've got a midfielder Scotland.
0: Yeah.
3: And I'll say another midfield slash striker Nigeria.
0: difficult oh maybe one before uh 11 12
3: it was indeed
0: yeah first Hodgson season I think yeah I think it I, was. I I was thinking striker France and Elka, but it's probably Fortuna no was it Fortuner? it was Fortuna yeah 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 I thought I'll
3: I was take gonna, that I, I thought I was gonna pull you off with uh, the uh the A and Alka one yeah, of that Because yeah, I think yeah. there's only a couple of seasons in between Both wasn't it?
0: I think so yeah right I'll give myself half a point for that if I get the guess In one a full point. point half a point So I'll take that that was tough that was tough But <laughs> right must improve Right what's the next one?
3: So your next one is another four you have got an English goalkeeper
0: Yeah
3: An English defender Yeah Scottish midfielder Yeah And a Venezuelan striker.
0: It's going to be... 14, 15. No, it's not. Poor effort. I'll give you another couple. Yeah.
3: You can have a defensive Northern Ireland player. Yeah. A Scottish midfielder again. Yeah. And another midfielder of being Belgium. 16-17
0: 16-17 It is indeed Yeah Oh Oh I need to get One of these four But I'll take that though That was difficult Who was the second Scottish midfielder Morrison Morrison Fletcher Fletcher of course Fletcher How could, I could I forget Darren Fletcher And Graham Doran's in my head But he's long gone by it um, Right So i got, I got a point Point out yeah. two, two questions I'll take that Right next one Come on I need a four point now need a four
3: pointer Right okay You've got Another four-two-three-one. I think I've just as just my favorite. Position yeah, yeah. It's
0: the default <laughs> default formation.
3: Uh, you got an English goalkeeper. You have an Irish defender. You have an Irish midfielder. And you also have a uh, a USA striker.
0: Irish? You mean Republic of Ireland? Yeah. You got an English goalkeeper. I'm gonna go for 20, 22, 23. It
3: is indeed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is the US striker gives it away, been doesn't
3: it? Really dirty and done I almost striker. went for last
0: season, but he never played, did he? So there we go, full point. That was a tapping. I'll take that. You got tapping. to take the win, easy wins when they come, right? Two points. Two points from three. How many more we got left?
3: Uh, this is the last one. now. Last
0: one, right? Come on, let's finish. Big finish.
3: I must say, this must be the most. Uh... I can't think of the word Random so many difficult That is yeah, right. so diverse diverse is what I'll go go forward. for it you have another 4 2 3 1 with an english Again? keeper yeah i could have gone even i could have gone uh, mental with the goalkeeper as well <laughs> right you have got a slovakian defender yeah what's the goalkeeper english yeah you have a a, a congo midfielder and you also have a Czech Republic striker, uh,
0: uh, English goalkeeper, yeah, Slovakian defender, Congo yeah. midfielder, Czech Republic striker, two thousand nine, yeah. two thousand ten. It is indeed. Boom! What a finish! I'll I'll name the players.
3: Okay, see so if you can go for the same.
0: Scott Carson, 11
3: as I have Scott Carson, yeah.
0: Defender. Oh, I've got a bit too ahead of myself. He's lacking. Oh, uh, think, uh Check. yeah. Check, Maric Uh, Leon Barnett probably would be one of them. Was he sent around? It, it was in it, but he's not in my. Olsen. 11. Olsen, yeah. Zyverloon.
3: No, I haven't put him in my team because I think there was someone miles better than him. Who was it that? Was, uh, from Chile. Oh, Stephen Reid.
0: No, oh, Gonzalo Yara. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw a random name. Malumbu would have been in there. He was the midfielder. Yeah. Dorans, Morrison, Brunt, Ishmael Miller played a bit. Simon Cox, Bednar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thomas. Uh, Jerome Auburn. Thomas.
3: And you yeah. got the Romanian Rock.
0: Oh, uh, Gabriel Tamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been in there. Yeah. Good quiz, that. I like that. Albion fans, let us know how you got on at home. Um, hopefully, we'll have a head-to-head in the coming weeks. That's tough. These are getting tougher every week. <laughs> You're basically turning into Paxman. You are on uh on University Challenge. University Challenge <laughs> yeah. Albion edition this is. Um TJ Smithy, cheers for your time, mate. Always appreciate it. We'll uh, no see you again soon. There we go. Coxie, we're gonna have to get this head to head back on soon. I'm, uh, I'm I'm just warming up. I need an opponent. I need a I need to, I need a tough one against
2: I'm against
0: ready. tough opposition. So we'll have ready, to get that man. get that in the diary before the end of the season. Hopefully get a few of you fans involved as well. Right, time for some questions before we wrap up and talk uh, bank holiday fixtures. We've got plenty of coming from you, Albion fans. Um, so I'll rattle through a, a few quick ones. This one, Lewis. Well, I, I need to apologise to you, Lewis, actually, because I picked you up and lobbed you under the proverbial bus on on Saturday <laughs> when I asked for your uh, I asked for your one word answer of if Albion get in the playoffs. Tom, um, Electro DK. Um, his Twitter handle is. He's come back with a similar question. How optimistic are you of our chances of getting to Wembley in May after yesterday's results? He sent this in on Sunday. Um, I'll ask you for a percentage, Lewis, because I saw the graphic that you tweeted earlier today or retweeted um, yeah. that crunching all the numbers gives Albin a 24% chance, I think, I believe, or 25% of, of getting into the playoffs. Um, how optimistic are you of, of being at Wembley in May? It's-
1: is this sorry is this to, to to get into the playoffs or make the final or so this in? is to make
0: the final tom's okay. going big
1: um yeah I, I seem to remember after our video after you uh, handed me that grenade Johnny, i seem to remember going sort of <laughs> 70 30 against so I, I i before that 24% or whatever it was came out this morning i did give it a 30 um it's a bit it's a big ask isn't it it's a big ask to even get there it's more than a less um that sounds pretty accurate to me you know that 25 30 i don't i'm not 50 percent confident I, I would say because there's a bigger job on than that isn't there so mm. yeah i'll i'll let's say 35 let's give it a bit more of an uplifting boot uh a sort of more of an uplifting vibe yeah we'll go 35 percent
0: Thirty-five percent, Tom. That's more than I was expecting, go. Lewis to say. So that's was uh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was expecting lower. So uh, happy with that. I hope that answers your question, Tom. Jess Ackroyd. Um, it's the... worrying.
1: It's worrying that that's being optimistic, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see where it, we'll see where the percentage is, uh depending <laughs> on how the Easter weekend goes. Uh, Jess Ackroyd got in touch with a question. Oh, Jess, you're bringing up the referee again. I'm gonna I'm gonna be enraged again. Um, have you ever seen a worse performance from a referee? Lewis, you go first.
1: Uh, probably. <laughs> I, am yeah, you know, re- reasonably sort of able to to park them and put them away. I, I remember the odd decision from over the years from from games I've been covering. But oh, don't get me wrong. If if I've been missed out on the playoffs by a point or two, we'll be thinking of this game, won't we? Um, in the summer, I think. Jeremy yeah, pay- Simpson's
0: name will be trending on Twitter among uh, Albion fans.
1: Yeah but uh yeah it's it's up there like i, like, I don't want to it's a hard job and i'm not i'm not going to hammer him anymore I, I just think he lost control for good part of that second half and you know got that massive decision wrong at the end
0: yeah yeah i so, uh, you know, it's I'd right say up it's,
1: there it's right up there in terms of i'm
0: sport. putting it, i'm putting it as the worst performance of a referee i've seen in a professional game but only because it's so raw and it's West Brom yes. <laughs> Um, I'm sure it would be a little bit different if it was a a different team. Um, Carl Burkitt's got in touch with a couple of questions. Um, Who, in your opinion, gives us more in the absence of Mullumby, Nathaniel Chalaber or Taylor Gardner Hickman? Um,
1: I know this is a debate, sort of rife at the moment, isn't it? Um, I thought Chalaber did okay on Saturday. Uh, Sort of up and down, sort of hits and misses, some promising parts of his game some things to refine and work on actually writing some some quotes out for uh, for later today this evening I think from the head coach on Chalaba and uh, without giving too much away he was he was confident actually and he, he was quite pleased with what he saw so that's that's interesting um I oh, I think I've said it before Johnny I'd like to see Gardner Hickman play and get a chance he hasn't had too many of those has he really all season only under Rich Beal which you know Obviously Rich Peel is someone who who knows him well from sort of from coming up from Gardner Hickman coming up through the ranks. So my concern, I guess, if that's the right word, which I don't know, is there must be a, a reason for Corbran, who knows more about the game than any of us have forgotten. There must be a reason. Has he alluded or... to
0: anything, Lewis? I know you 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 know, you is speak asked... to Carlos of twice a week. What well, how does he how does he talk about Taylor Gardner Hickman? What's his yeah.
1: R- raves about him really and very very highly now like I realise I'm not gonna call it I'm not gonna call it lip service because it's not but I realise he's not gonna you know turn around and and do the opposite clearly um but he talks about him as a very talented yeah. prospect maybe I mean he's still of the age to be a prospect certainly it was his 50th appearance wasn't it for Albion the other day when he when he, he came on from the bench Garden Hickman. Uh but cook Corbrand likes what he sees from him, I think, in training, parts of his game. However, that, however, there still must be a reason, and he, he hasn't addressed to us what what that is yet. So it would be interesting to know um, why he hasn't started. Um, I think I said to you the other day, or it might have been another colleague of ours in the press box, Johnny, in terms of Gardner Hickman's ability and quality, for me, uh, I haven't seen him much this season because he hasn't played much, but there are aspects of his game that are top level, top, yeah. you know, top tier. Uh, Premier League quality however there must be something that the coaching staff head coaches seeing that that aren't quite where they need to be is that on the physical side of it yeah I don't know possibly you, you know possibly but uh, there, there must be a reason and you know a, a player of Chalibur's ilk was sought in January weren't they um Lewis O'Brien was was kind of was one I'm sure there were others Chalibur was landed sort of hadn't played all season, has to get up to speed and is now trying to trying to find his way after the Malumbi news. And and unfortunately for gardner Garden Hickman, he finds himself in the pecking order where he finds himself. I don't think he doesn't have a future at Albion. I don't think that. Um dependent on the division next season. You know, quite, quite possibly. Um, but he doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be getting his chance, does he? Doesn't seem to be Corbrand doesn't seem to want to turn to him. Um I'd like to see it because I, I think he's got strands and elements to his game that perhaps other Albion midfielders don't in terms mm. of that 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 ball you know long and short passing I think he's I think he's got things that could unlock teams I wouldn't mind seeing it but if you're asking me do I think we'll see it I'm not so sure
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see just uh, another one that's coming from Kyle. Um is it time to throw effort and get into the playoffs i.e. go with DK and, and Thomas Asante playing as a front two we saw that Lewis the, the most we probably saw it for a prolonged period in a yeah. in a league game um I think some fans, maybe sometimes core Corbrand of sort of not going for it, but I, I think with the his substitutions and selections on Saturday, you couldn't really throw that at him. Do you expect to see um, BTA and, and DK, players are two, more often now in the running with Albion sort of desperate for, for points and wins?
1: This is one I'd certainly like to see, Johnny. I think, was it you and I that were saying the other day, I, I'd i really like to see them play together. I think they're... they're I think we've said it before, maybe similar but different. They've got different elements to their game. I thought Thomas Asante starting for the first time in a while the other day, I thought it was very good, um, certainly in that first half. And then just after the break, he was very close from distance, wasn't he? Just even though it feels like we hadn't seen him for a while, each time he just looks a bit more refined and his game seems to have come together more. When he first came, he, he sort of looked raw. You know, power and speed, but actually, his his touches is, is classy. His touch and sort of poise and the things he can do te- technically are, are quite something. Um, and, and DK looked really good. I thought from the bench, He looked full of sort of power, pace. I'd I'd like lo- I'd love to see him together, Johnny. I I just I don't I, I don't think we're gonna see it from the from games from the start of games, unfortunately. I'd do you like think we'll see it more together.
0: frequent from the bench?
1: I hope so. I mean if Albion need a goal if albin need to need to win games I think now if you get to if you get to an hour in games say uh 55 minutes an hour when Corbin likes to make a change and it's nil nil or one one or whatever or or even losing I don't think you change one for the other anymore uh, I'd go you know like like what happened on Saturday get get the two on alongside each other I think that's the way. Oh, you getting more forward strikers onto the pitch aren't you hopefully you know hopefully a more more likelihood of scoring the goal you need uh, they get on don't they? they're, they're close friends i think they could complement each other well with the different sort of strands to the games they have i think it could be a great partnership i'd like to see it more than we probably will and uh ironically the more we see it the more alvin are going to not be doing so well, if you see what I mean, because the more we see it, the more Albion are going to be needing a goal. And yeah. for example, if Albion are flying 2 0 up at half time, you know, all games all but won, we're not going to see them up front together, are we? We're going to see one change for another, one's legs rested. Mm. So there's kind of a bit of a strange irony in the fact that um, what everyone wants to see, oh well, it was not everyone, but what a lot of people I imagine want to see in terms of those two together. It's perhaps only going to be seen when you know, push comes to shove, and and you know half an hour when a goal's really needed, and we're all on the edge of our teeth, sort of chewing our fingernails.
0: Right, one more question, uh, final one from Richard Downing. and I referenced this question earlier in the podcast, and I wanted to to read it. It seems Ron Ronggole is the one holding the club together with the loan defaults and constant lies from the owner. Do you think he could walk, or does he have a future plan to stay the course? Um, this is what I was referencing with. Yeah. Sort of all that all that Gauley can say, and I want to finish the questions on on this part, Lewis. Um, and he mentions there could he walk. Now fans may remember back to the interview that Ron Gourlay did with the press, with yourselves and the radio um, a few months ago, where he was asked this question. Um, and it was his answer was he I can't remember specifically what the answer was, but I think he came back with you know, a lot of people say that the club is more stable with him in position than without him. Um. But when this statement came out last week, I was thinking more and more that he must be so frustrated and and, and angry and disappointed. You know, no, no, no more so than Albion fans who are fighting, certainly Action for Albion and shareholders for Albion and all the supporters' <laughs> groups who are fighting for answers and want answers. But there's only one man who can come out and give those answers, and that's Gouch and Lai. There's not much more that Ron Gawley can say, and he must feel let down. By the fact that he's he's been given these given these assurances and relayed that to the Albion supporters and to the press, but he's been I'm not going to say he's well uh, so far he has been lied to because the the money hasn't been paid back, um, but he must be feeling let down and if he did walk, some people probably wouldn't be surprised.
1: Well, yeah, I mean I can't and I you know won't um, speak on his half on his behalf and yeah you know, it's something that when we next get the opportunity. You know, will obviously be asked, um, but I don't imagine it's a particularly nice situation regards that. Um, obviously, Rongole will be abreast of most, if not all. Um, you know, he's in obviously very, very regular contact with Zuki, isn't he? Um, the sole director of group. So, you know, obviously on the back of that, it's in. you know, within you would hope you kept abreast of everything it needs to be kept abreast of obviously um and, and we know Ken uh, Zuki. you know he's in sort of regular dialogue with with Li in fact um as i hear that possibly out in the far east at the moment we we know that that Ken was heading out there don't we to the China i think maybe out there at the minute as we, as we speak not 100% on that but um yeah it can't be an easy situation you know as you rightly say Johnny we've had we've had sort of repeated assurances from the chief exec and and that's fair enough isn't it because he's been given assurances from above now i guess in this case whatever ron feels uh, personally and privately you know there's there's perhaps going to be discrepancies with what he says publicly in the press now i think we're all grown up enough to understand that clearly um and that that's just the way it is unfortunately however you know the line from the club the the professional line that we're given and the club's stance I suppose is still what we were told now we can all have our opinions and comments and deviate from that but obviously the club hierarchy in terms of chief exec and beyond aren't going to you know, aren't going to deviate publicly from the stance so but yeah you know Gourlay's you know again someone with bucket loads of experience in the game um, at all kinds of levels, but top levels. I come, I know from when, when we spoke, you know, came into Albion and and very quickly had his eyes open to to what the scenario was, what the situation was, which can't have been easy. Had to catch up with a hell of a lot that he wasn't aware of before he got his feet in the door. Um, and I dare say new challenges are arriving all of the time, Johnny. In regards to this, not just this this loan that we spoke so much on the five million loan, but but everything else that's coming in the future, you know, life in a championship for another season um, or, you know, the in, inverted comment, inverted um, quotation marks, dreamland of, of the Premier League, if, if they can if they can get there. But, yeah, so much more, isn't there? There's all the projections of, of cash flow minus parachute payments of, you know funding and investment which you know, so far hasn't hasn't come and so much more before you even get into the nitty-gritty chief executive sort of day-to-day thing and and going back to the question actually you know something sort of seen with my own eyes and heard over the months and and this season generally really is that you know as, as a chief exec in place doing the day-to-day stuff he's holding that side of it together really and and that side of it needs to be held together it's not like oh if Ron, finally loses patience, has enough and dips out and decides he's, you know, it's easier not to be in this job that Albin are just sort of muddle through and get by the the things you know, to do, uh, certainly day to day, week to week in his role. And, you know, I mean, Juki was chief exec before, wasn't he? And I, I dare say that's a scenario that Albin fans do not want to, to revisit and relive. Um, it wouldn't be an easy process to find someone else, perhaps of that catalogue and CV behind them to come in and take the role. Um, and this is, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to falsely or incorrectly blow smoke here. You know, this is just how I see it in terms of someone trying to sail Albion through the, the stormy waters to guide them through this period um, and someone there on the day-to-day, on the ground, just trying to hold things together in in what's a, I don't want to be as negative as to say an impossible task, but an ever-increasing challenge, isn't it, clearly?
0: Yeah, certainly the waters are getting a little bit more stormier and, well, they might get even more stormier when we see the club accounts. We'll just have to wait for that. Baggy thanks for your questions. There's quite a few questions today we haven't read out. We had some really good ones in. So what we're going to try and do, I'm going to try and get all them, collate them, and then at some point, we'll do a, a bit of a bonus episode where we'll go for all your questions because we get so many good ones in every week. So thank you very much for them. We're going to wrap up the podcast in the next minute or so. Lewis, um, as we said, bank holiday weekend, Rotherham away on Friday, QPR at home on Monday. The picture will, I'm sure the playoff picture, the playoff race will look a little bit more clear um, or it could look a little bit more muddied. We don't really know or a little bit more confusing given um, the two, after the two games and when we come to next Tuesday. but. We spoke, me and you spoke about it, didn't we, sort of off air and off pod on or off video on Saturday? Mm-hmm. It's really a minimum of six points required from these two games for Albion.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the same, Johnny. I think we signed off the video, didn't we, after the game by saying, you know, just the draw against Millwall's probably put emphasis on these two games, Rotherham and QPR. You know, you look at the table and you look at it on paper and you think Rotherham and QPR. Just let me quickly load the championship table up, Johnny, while I'm speaking.
2: Where yeah, are they So
1: so we've got they're, they're actually next to each other. You got QPR nineteenth and Rotherham twentieth. So look on paper, they're, they're still scrapping, yeah. aren't they? They're fighting for their lives, but they're they're not in great form, are they? The pair of them certainly. I know QPR have been badly toiling, haven't they, under Ainsworth since he uh, came through the door. On the flip side, it's Rotherham away on Friday, and the bottom line task there is Albion winning on the road, isn't it? It's yeah. been far too long since that. What, what was the last one? Luton. Um, January last away wins, so yeah. but it's got it's got to change. Um, drop points at Rotherham on Friday, and and look, that that thirty five percent I was touching on earlier decreases markedly. I'd say, Look, if we're if we're speaking, as I say, this time next week, but um, you know, next week in a few hours after QPR and Albion have taken six points, Johnny, you rightly say the picture can change, and and Albion, you know, that that percent can can shoot up a little bit. Still a long way to go, but I I think six points are. Think they needed Johnny against this calibre of opposition. There's there's no no time to lose, no more points to spare against opponents like this. Albion need to go and win the two games,
0: they certainly do indeed. Uh, well, that's your Albion fans. Thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. All is still to play for in the playoff race, but Albion are playing catch up. As an Albion fan said to me outside the Hawthorns on Saturday, uh, remember the last time Albion played catch up? Um, if if anyone remembers, it was a little memorable comeback against the old rivals back in 2002. Albin overturned a, an even bigger deficit to uh, to gain promotion uh, that year, and I'm sure that one that's one that remains and sticks in the memory for Baggies fans. I'll have to channel their, their inner Gary Megson team um, to turn this turn this playoff race around. Thank you again for listening Uh, I'll be back on Thursday with the latest Baggies broadcast fan chat show we'll have three questions from the Baggies bag to throw at three Albion fans and me and Coxie will be back next week where hopefully we'll be chatting about what was a fruitful Easter weekend for the Baggies thank you again ever so much for listening and until next time boing 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 boing